Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're honored that you join us here. Kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. We chose that name because we believe that the words and ways of Jesus are very beautiful. And so each week we're bringing content to help make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and dive in to this past Sunday's sermon. I want us to find freedom in every single area of our lives. And I believe that if we are free in most areas of our lives, but we're not free in just one, we're not free. It just takes one area of your life to be trapped for all areas of your life to be trapped. And the fact is, humans are made up of different parts and facets, expressions of who we are. The scripture says that we have a body, we have a soul, we have a spirit. And today, I want to talk about finding freedom in each of those areas of our life. In 1 Thessalonians, one of the early church leaders, Paul the Apostle, he writes this, and he kind of defines the different parts we have, and he has a prayer that I think would be an appropriate prayer for all of us to include in our lives as we seek freedom. He writes in 1 Thessalonians, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. And so in this scripture, we see that we have three parts here. There's our spirit, our soul, our body. And then we also see that we can pray that we're kept holy and blameless and that our lives can experience freedom and goodness and life abundantly. Can I get a good amen? It's all right here. And so with this, I just want to talk about the reality that Sometimes we're free in one area, but we're trapped in another area. There are parts of our lives that are strong and other parts that atrophy. When you start working out or going to a gym, you hear this phrase a lot. Hey, bro, don't skip leg day. (laughs) Who's ever heard that phrase? Don't skip leg day. Why is that expression out there? It's because when people start working out, they take their supplements, they get their creatine, and they just want to build up the aesthetic parts of their body that people will see, that they'll get compliments, that they'll feel good about themselves. And so people will neglect squats or deadlifts, and they'll just focus on like vanity lifts, as people call them, just doing bench press and just bicep curls. I'm just focusing on my body today. But then the upper body will get super strong, and the lower body will be very skinny, and people kind of look like a chicken as far as proportions. And um, before you body shame all those people, I want you to know uh, I am one of these people that need to hear the phrase, don't skip leg day. Because you want to know what my exercise routine is right now? I do 100 pull-ups every single day, and that's all I do for my exercise. And uh, it's not the healthiest. It's probably not very good for me. I mean, when I go on mountain hikes or climbs, am I still cramping because my calves are underdeveloped? Yes, I am. When I'm playing uh, a lot of sports and I'm running out of energy and I'm gasping for breath because my cardio is low, are these pull-ups helping me? No, not really. But what am I doing? I'm doing 100 pull-ups every single day. And so where I, as I'm not as good as hiking as I want to be, I don't have as much endurance, I do have 
tennis elbow. I, I can do like 20 pull-ups in a row now. Hold the applause. I'm just a vessel like you. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I have this reality where I'm focusing on just this upper body part of my life, but I'm neglecting the lower body part of my exercise. And you can start to see differences in muscle imbalances. And I think the same principle applies when it comes to our holistic self-care, when it comes to the holistic reality of who we are. Some of us are really intentional with developing our body. We're taking all the right nutrients. We're eating right things. We're getting the macros and the supplements in. We got the routine down. And our body is great, but then maybe our emotional and our mental health is suffering. Maybe we're not thriving in our, our soul, in, in, or maybe it's our spiritual life that's been neglected for so many years. Yeah, we're doing great with our emotions and our body, but our spiritual life is empty, it's lacking, it's longing, and we have these imbalances when it comes to the thriving of our entire life. Why do we do this? Well, I think sometimes we just focus on the things that other people notice. You know, if I work out my upper body, I'm going to look good in that shirt, and so we focus on those things. Sometimes it's just easier. Like for me, I've always naturally liked doing pull-ups and things like that, and squats feel really awkward for me. I think it's because the body proportions of my body are weird. I'm mostly leg. Like, this is my belly button, and this is my nipple. Like, that's my whole torso. <laughs> the rest is leg. And so squats, I just don't bend like that. I feel like I'm hurting myself. I don't, I don't like it. Anybody with me? <laughs> Thank you. You're, Josh, you're with me with the, the, the belly to the nipple proportion? Or just everything else I'm saying? <laughs> Specifically belly button to nipple, my man. <laughs> Anyways, there are reasons. Maybe they just like don't feel natural. And so we, we like to just focus our, on our strengths and neglect the things that don't come natural or the things that are areas of weakness. And then there are these vast imbalances in our life. And so today, I, I feel like that's the reason many of us maybe seem trapped in certain areas of our life. It's like, man, I thought I was doing so much better. I thought I was so much stronger. But then why do I keep on relapsing or falling back into these same patterns? What's going on here? And so today, I want to bring some language. I'm going to put my teacher hat on a little bit more than like a preacher hat to maybe just unify us in language from a scriptural perspective of these different facets of our life. And so number one, as far as points, if you're taking notes, is I just want to share that your body, soul, and spirit we require individual, personalized, unique care. The same way you care for your body is not the same way you care for your spirit. And I, I love this quote by one of the early church fathers, a North African thinker, theologian named St. Augustine. He writes this, take care of your body as if you are going to live forever and take care of your soul as if you are going to die tomorrow. And so each part of our lives, it requires a customized process for nurturing, developing, and caring for it. And so 
first, let's get on the same page as far as language and some definitions. And uh, I'm going to simplify these definitions. So if you're like a, a seasoned theologian, do not judge me based on the nuances of these statements. I'm just trying to unify us with common thought here. And so what is a body? I'll put up some of these definitions. The body is the vis- visible, physical part of our being. It's how we are accessing the material world. What is the soul, the mind, will, and emotions? It's like how you would define your personality, who you are, how you think. And what is your spirit? The immaterial part of humanity that connects with God. So we have these three parts that define who we are. And so like a plant has a body, but it would not have a soul. It doesn't really have like mind, will, and emotions, and so, but it has a body. Whereas a, a dog, it has a, it has a body, but dogs have mind, will, emotions. So I would say has a, a soul, the Hebrew word nefesh, it's a living being. But then humans are different in that we were created in the image of God. And so uh, Adam was created from the dirt. I believe Adam can mean dust or even red because the dirt was red. So he called him Adam. And then God, he, he's, he breathed life into Adam and said, this is a creature, Adam and Eve, that carry my image. So they're different than the animals and they're different than uh, the plants. They're their own unique entity. And so if you're in this room, you have a body, you have a soul, you have a spirit, you carry the image of God and it requires you to uniquely care for each of these things. And so I want to read some scriptures about different facets that we carry and bring some commentary on it. But the body, 1 Corinthians 6, I love this scripture. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And so your body is important. Your body is beautiful. Your body is necessary. Your body has desires. And we can cultivate these desires to honor God or not honor God. But I I just want to focus on this reality here, that your body is a temple of the living God. Temples are a place where God dwells. Temples are beautiful. It's a place of healing, restoration, worship. And I just want us to notice this. Maybe you have some body image issues. You have some shame regarding your body. Maybe you made some decisions that have hurt your body. But you need to get this. Your body is a place that God wants to dwell. Your body, as it is right now, is a place where God wants to be. Your body is a temple. And I think this is amazing. And I love that the scripture, it it dignifies the body. I know in a lot of our streams of Christianity, we've just said, you know, the the body isn't worth focusing on. And maybe you felt guilty for wanting to, to pay attention to your diet or your exercise. Maybe you didn't feel super spiritually minded. But I'm telling you what, taking care of your body to be a temple of the living God is important. It's a place where the spirit is inhabiting us and we dwell in this material world and we make visible the invisible God through our body. And it's a a beautiful reality. And, And here's the thing, like 
your body, uh, this body is temporary, but you will continue to be an embodied creature even after you die. Let me explain. Jesus Christ, he, he died, right, on the cross. He, he's put in the tomb, and then he resurrects. And there, it wasn't like his spirit just floated away from his body, and he went to heaven, right? The, there was no body in the tomb. And he experienced his glorified bodied state. And so a lot of us have been taught in Christianity that when we die, our, our spirits just kind of float away, and we go to heaven, and we become like angels, with harps, and I, I want you to know that's not good theology. Nowhere in the scripture does it say we become angels. We are humans created in the image of God, and we will remain humans, and we will receive glorified bodies, just like when Jesus was resurrected, and we see that he's suddenly walking through walls, but he's also able to eat fish, and then he sees Thomas, and Thomas is able to touch his wounds. Jesus still had a body, and he is the first fruit of what we will all experience as people who experience the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I am super pumped about that because, yes, I appreciate my body right now, but can you imagine how many pull-ups I can do in my glorified body? <laughs> Dude, it's going to be amazing. And so, like, this whole reality is, like, Adam was created from dust, from the earth, on the earth, for the earth, this earthiness, this dirt part of us. It's beautiful and made by God on purpose, and he's going to restore and redeem all of it, but we will continue to be embodied creatures. So we have this body, and it will remain. We have a soul. In 2 Corinthians 10, talking about the mind and some of the reality that we have spiritually is the weapons we fight uh, with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So there's this like war in the mind and we take captive every thoughts. Romans 12, Shannon just read this. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. And so we're constantly stewarding our mind by uh, focusing on what we're thinking on, uh, what we're reading, what we're looking at. We know that if the eye is clean, the scripture says the whole body is clean. So what we ingest as far as content, what elder algorithms we're tapped into, what echo chambers we're tapped in, they're forming our soul. Our mind, our emotions, our state, our personality can be impacted. And I, I know in some streams of Christianity, maybe you were taught like, okay, you should just focus on spiritual things. Like, you don't have to focus on the body. Like, that's not that important. We don't need to preach messages on, on gluttony or taking care of the body. That's, and we don't need to focus on emotional health or mental health because we just need to pray. Anybody raised in traditions like that? Like, don't focus on emotional health. Don't focus on physical health. You just, you've got to pray. That's all you got to do. But the fact is, we're called in the scriptures to love God with all of our mind, right? When they ask Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus says the greatest commandment starts like this. Love the Lord your God with all of your mind, heart, soul, strength. And I, I want to bring some freedom in this place. Sometimes 
We have felt like we've had to leave our intellect outside before we could enter into the church. Like we had to leave our intellect somewhere else in order to have faith. But we are called to worship the Lord with our mind, with our intellect, with our questions, with our research, with our observations, with our our wrestling. It's okay to have a brain and still worship God with faith. Can I get a good amen? I mean, literally, uh, I mean, the Israel in the Bible means wrestles with God. I mean, and there's this intellectual part of us that's okay, that's blessed, that's in the scripture, and it's something that we need to steward. And we have a spirit. And, and spirit is kind of a difficult one to define. You easily get into heresy. But this immaterial part of us that connects with God. And I want to read a scripture that shows the, the difference between praying with your mind and praying with words you understand and praying with your spirit that Paul, the apostle says in 1 Corinthians 14. He writes, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays but my mind is fruitful. So see these distinctions? He says, you can, you can pray with your spirit, but your mind may not understand. He says, so what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, because he has a spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding, really using his, his mind. I will sing with my spirit, but I also will sing with understanding. Otherwise, when you're praising God in the spirit, how can someone else who is now put in the position of an inquirer say amen to your thanksgiving since they don't know what you're saying? You're giving thanks well enough, but no one else is edified. I thank God. This is just a humble break from Paul the Apostle. You know, let's pray for his humility. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. I love that. And I I just want to say, like, there are moments where I'm strengthening my body. I'm doing pull-ups. There are times where I'm strengthening my, my mental, my emotional health, my soul, you know, whether it's in therapy or content or journaling. But there are just some times I need to strengthen my spirit. And every single morning, I, I pray in tongues. And there's something that is just, just filled with life in strength that's different than my body or mind, my soul, when I'm simply focusing on my spirit. And I think we can all resonate with, there's times where it's like, uh, my mind is okay, my body is okay, but there's something empty in me. I think that's our spiritual thirst, our spiritual hunger. And if we neglect any one of these areas of our lives, we find ourselves probably relapsing into some areas that are harmful for us. We relapse into addictions. Like, you know, I'll, I'll see people all the time like, well, I, I'm just addicted to this substance. Well, what, what are some of the precursors when you find yourself relapsing into this? You know, do you, you find yourself like just really hungry or really tired. Well, that's probably an opening to going into some of these unwanted desires. Do you find your, your mind is just like stressed out? Your, your emotions are just like taking uh, control over you in a way that you're, you're not comfortable with. Well, that, that will set you up for maybe looking to an escape. Or maybe you're just spiritually empty and you're looking for something to fill the void in your life. I mean, I, I grew up learning like before you make an a decision, check in with yourself. Make sure you're not making any important decisions. If you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, have you heard that? And you know what that spells? Halt. 
If you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you halt. And so that, that's why it's important for us to pay attention to these different aspects because maybe you've been going down a path you don't like, but you've been trying to treat it spiritually when it's actually a physical problem. This is where we need to pay attention to these areas where we find freedom in or we find ourselves trapped in. And so remember, I have my teacher hat on a little bit. So remember in the garden, in the original uh, story in the Bible, first book of the Bible, Adam and Eve are there, and the devil tempts them to eat the forbidden fruit. God said, do not eat this fruit, because on that day, you will die. And we read the story, they, spoiler alert, they eat the forbidden fruit. And then, do they die that day? I mean, they're, no, they're still hanging out with Jesus, so they don't physically die in their body, so is God lying? Or maybe they died in their, their soul. No, they still have a mind, will, emotion. They're still living creatures, Right? So was God lying there? They didn't die. God said, on the day you eat this fruit, you will surely die. Well, they they didn't die physically. They didn't die in their soul. Well, I believe what happens is they died spiritually. And they needed something to uh, get them out of that death. And that's the same reality for us. Many of us uh, were dead in sins. Actually, all of us were dead in sins, dead in our spirit. And this is where Ephesians 2 comes in. Let's read it. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. That's all of us. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work. So there's different spirits at work in our hearts. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. And so there's different areas of our life, but we're being rejuvenated. We're raised to life in our spirit. Our bodies are being redeemed. Our mind is being renewed. But if you're not intentionally doing that, one part of your life is atrophied. And so there's a spiritual principle here, and it's like we abuse what we don't value. If you don't value something, you don't, you, you don't take care of it. You don't give it the nourishment that it needs. You know, like, here, here, here's a picture of Nala. Uh, this is my daughter. Very cute. Everybody say, uh Very cute. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. She's very <laughs> cute. And so she has a body. She has a soul. And she has a spirit. And these are class pictures. They're expensive. Anybody order class pictures? You're like, I have a million photos of you on my phone, but I'm paying 80 bucks for this one print. What am I doing here? And so this is someone who carries the image of God, just like every single person in this room. You carry the image of God. But when we don't value something, what do we do? We abuse it, right? Because we don't care about it, we neglect our soul, we neglect our spirits, we neglect our body, and you groan when I crumble the picture that you never wanted in the first place. 
But when it comes to your holistic self, are you allowing yourself to crumble? And you're justifying it because you're like, well, I'm doing spiritually okay. But I want to let you know something. If you're not emotionally healthy, you're not spiritually healthy. We're integrated, holistic beings. And when one part of you is crumbling, not only is your life not experienced full life, you're marring and scarring the image of God that you carry. And it is important for us all to find freedom for ourselves, but to honor God and to make sure the people of us are not being impacted. The people around us aren't being impacted in a negative way. Because you will abuse what you don't value. And I want to share this warning for all of us. Number two, it's this. I believe that the enemy will use your weaknesses to undermine your strengths. I mean, we see this time and time again in the scripture. When Jesus goes to the desert to fast for 40 days, right? When does the devil come? Before he eats or after he's hungry? It's when he's hungry, It's when he's most vulnerable, when he's alone and isolated. That's when the devil comes to tempt. And I've seen this story time and time again. We see great leaders who have great strengths, but it's not their strengths that take them down, it's their weaknesses, right? And we've seen one moment of indiscretion wipes out a lifetime of character, a lifetime of testimony. And that's why we need to take these weaknesses very seriously because the devil doesn't come. In the areas of our strengths, like a lot of us, we're church people, we're prayer warriors, we're very spiritual. And so when it comes to October, we're like, all right, I'm going to make my spiritual stand. I'm strong, so I will make sure no church ever says the word Halloween. Because I have figured out the secret. If you still dress up in costumes and you still give out candy, but you call it Jesus Ween, the devil doesn't know. (laughs) If you call it Fall Festival or Trunk or Treat, the devil doesn't know. I'm telling you what, so we're, we're so like vigilant and we're strong. I'm not going to get possessed by a demon. So I won't say the word Halloween, right? But meanwhile, we've opened up our spirits to the idolatry of loving money more than God, right? Because the devil's not going to come here in this area where you're steadfast and firm. He's going to sneak in and say, hey, why don't you just make your image all around money? Why don't you neglect your family and your church life because of this job? Why don't you uh, just open yourself to all this kind of sexual thoughts and the websites and your decisions? Meanwhile, we're God's holy warrior taking a stand against Halloween and forcing churches to say Jesus ween. <laughs> Trunk or treat. And I'm not, I'm not advocating for Halloween by any means, but I'm just saying the devil is not going to attack you in this fortified place of strength. He's going he's gonna to attack you where he doesn't, He knows you don't think anybody's watching or looking or those secret places in your heart. I mean, be honest with yourself. What is the part of your life that you're atrophied in? That's weak. That's out of balance. Where are you skipping leg days, spiritually speaking, soulishly speaking, physically speaking? You know, I want to show you this bucket. I have a bucket here, and it's uh, it's my my son's, like, you know, trick-or-treat bucket, and it, I'm going to fill it with water, and I want you to notice that there's holes here, right? And the water will only rise to the level of the lowest hole. And so a lot of us, we're focusing on the things that come naturally. We're focusing on the, the strengths that we have. 
We're like, all right, I'm, I'm a physical person, and so I'm neglecting my, my spiritual life, or I, I'm, I'm kind of an intellectual person, and so I, I, I've neglected my body. But when it comes to uh, temptations and sins and finding ourselves in, in bondage and addictions, usually it's the lowest hole that gets us there. And so I try to fill up this bucket... Even if I plug this hole, right, I've, I've focused on my, my spiritual health. I'm doing great. Because my physical health is suffering, the water still leaks. I still find myself crumbling and empty. Or maybe, I, I, so I just pour more water on it. And so, okay, I'm focusing on maybe my, my mental health and my physical health. But because I, I've not stewarded my spiritual health, I'm still leaking and I'm still empty and I'm still suffering. Because when it comes to the holistic part of our life, the water will flow out of the lowest hole. Are you tracking with me? And so many of us, we find ourselves like stuck in this cycle. Like, why am I not making progress? Why am I not moved forward? Why do I keep on relapsing? Why do I keep on finding myself empty? It's because we're focusing on our natural strengths when we need to start plugging up the weaknesses at the bottom of our life, those low parts. You know, I, I had this friend and uh, he was a dear friend. In fact, I, I, I witnessed to him. I, I led him to Christ. And he felt a call to be a minister. But during this time, he was, he was very addicted to all sorts of sexual things, including porn. And he would find freedom. And then he would relapse. And then he said, Pradeepan, would you just hold me accountable? Every time I look at porn, I'm going to tell you. And I want you to punch me in the face. I'm like, gladly. <laughs> I'm your man. Just kind of. And so he, he would come to church, and he would just say, hey, hey, Pradeep, and I relapsed. And so I, I just would punch him. Glory to God. It's like, it was a dream. He felt free. I felt free. <laughs> it was amazing. But the, the, here's, here's the deal. We were, we were just focusing on getting him to suppress his desires. And, and so what created is an environment like where he, he was trying to just like push these desires down, not confess them to people, hide them away. And eventually, because we never dealt with the root issue, like, and this is like 15-year-old Pradeepin offering counseling. We never dealt with the root issue. Eventually, his strength started to grow. Like his strength never suffered. He started to speak to thousands of people as a preacher, started to get into like stadium events, traveling literally around the world. But then he, he got caught in some very inappropriate sexual situations time after time after time. And everything that he had spent his money to, to get a degree on, all the influence he had, all the platform was eventually stripped away because uh, he was just focusing on, on suppressing and ignoring these things and, and just focusing on his ministry strengths. But eventually, that weakness undermined his strength. And I'm telling you what, your weaknesses will eventually catch up. And I, I, I just want to give a warning and some encouragement. I know as a culture, we've often taught, been taught, like, just suppress your emotions or su- suppress these things you don't want to talk about. Ignore them. But better than suppressing them is to surrender them to Jesus. Because you can't deny that you have cravings. You can't deny that you have temptations. You know, 
you can't deny that you have these things that you're not proud of. And if we uh, just stop pretending that we don't have them and start surrendering to Jesus, I believe that we will find a freedom that lasts. I mean, your body can be redeemed. Your soul can be redeemed. Your spirit can be made alive in Christ. And just like that scripture we started this off with in 1 Thessalonians, it says, hey, I pray that the God of peace, the God of wholeness, he will, that he would keep you blameless in your body, your, your soul, and your spirit. And you have to know that it is very possible for you. It is very possible for you. And so this integration of our body and our spirit, our soul, I'm telling you what, they all very much matter. And in order for us to take our freedom story seriously, we need to take every part of our humanity seriously. Amen? Amen. And this is a scripture I'm preaching for myself. I mean, we all have our 2020 trauma stories, but there was a moment where Pastor Amritha said to me, I don't know if you should be pastoring at this church. And I said, uh, Amritha, I'll take care of it. I'll just pray more. I'll read the Bible more. She said, no, this is bigger. You know, our, our kids have been going through some mental health scares. Our family was like falling apart. And Amritha said, if you don't go talk to the board, I'm going to talk to the board because this is bad. Your heart is getting hard. There's bitterness there. There isn't like big, like huge scandal or anything like, but my heart was straying away from God. I was just not healthy. I wasn't taking care of myself in a good way. She said, if you don't talk to the board, uh, I'm going to for you. So we ended up going to the board, and, and I just said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not healthy in any area of my life. Yeah, I'm still praying and stuff like that, but I just, I'm so low. I'm so anxious. I'm so worried about my kids. My son, he's not speaking to me. My daughter, I don't know what her future is. And they said, Pradeepin, we need, a, we need to help you get into a therapist. And I was a little resistant at first, not that I was ever against it, and I think that's what we do. We say, I'm not against that, but we prove that we're against it when we don't make the first appointment. I mean, that's how, if, if I can know where you stand on therapy if you've never done it in your life. You probably have some sort of bias against it. And so I, it revealed a bias. And so the board is like, we're going we're gonna to make sure you get in some environments for better health, for the holistic part of your life. Yeah, you pray. Yeah, you, you can quote scriptures, but your soul's not okay. Your soul's not okay. Your soul is not okay. So I, I began to go to this therapist, and now I've been seeing her once or twice a week for the last almost four years. Can you believe it? And I have someone asking me, hey, Pradeepin, how's your soul? Hey, Pradeepin, how's your sexual life? Pradeepin, what are you doing with your, your expenses? How much alcohol are you drinking? How are you taking care of every part of your body? Because you're an integrated being, and I want to make sure all of you flourishes. Do you have anybody in your life that knows your, your lowest points, the lowest parts of your bucket? Or are you just trying to pretend like it doesn't exist? You're just focusing on the strengths, and meanwhile, water is just flowing out, and you wonder why you feel empty. I'm telling you, this freedom is possible for you, but you can't just suppress the reality you're facing. You need to admit it, and you need to surrender it to Jesus, and you will find when you exchange your weakness for his strength, you get the better end of the deal. 
Because God loves you. He wants you to be whole, and it's totally possible for you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for your word, for your revelation here. And I, I just pray that you would help us experience wholeness in body, soul, and spirit. Oh, Lord, we know our salvation came for free, but you bought it at a price. And our temple, our, our, our body is a temple that you bought with our price. Our, our mind is something you've renewed by your word. Our spirit is something you've regenerated by your spirit. And Holy Spirit, you long to dwell in your temple. And so I pray that we'd be good temples, that we would steward the gifts that you've given us today. For those of us who have had body issues or emotional issues or spiritual issues, Lord, I just pray that you would bring freedom in this room that you'd bring health in this room, that we would no longer believe the lie that I cannot be a healthy person. But by the blood of Jesus Christ, we can all be made new. We can all be healed. We can all be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ who was tempted with every single temptation that we face. And yet, he was triumphant. And so, Lord, I pray that we would step in the beautiful, healthy, good, holistic reality you have for every single one of us. We pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us for the Kalos Church Podcast. We'll be back here every week with fresh content. But hey, I want to give you an invitation to our Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you in person. We have multiple service times every single Sunday morning in downtown Bellevue, Washington. If you would be interested in joining us, just go to www.kalos.church. All the information you need is there. You can actually even click a link to sign up and save a seat so we can help make sure you feel comfortable coming and hanging out with us in person. So thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next time.